Hey guys, welcome along to the Alan Williams Podcast. I'm Alan Williams and this is episode one. Whoa, episode one of the podcast, finally here. This is something I've been meaning to do for a long, long time, but I kept putting it off and I say, well, I'll do it next month. I'll do it next month. And before you know it, a year has passed and it's still not done. So we're finally here. I'm going to take the bull by the horns and I'm just going to start recording. I don't believe there's ever such a thing as the right time. I think now is always the right time. If you want to do something, just get started and take the first step and do it. It mightn't be perfect. It probably won't be perfect today, but hopefully you'll get something out of it and we can improve it as we go. Today, I am going to just give you a little bit of an overview of my own background. I think there's probably a lot of people that don't really know an awful lot about me, especially if you're following me and you're a new follower. But even the people that have been following me for a long time, I think maybe there's still a lot of stuff you don't know about me because I am a very private person and I do tend to keep my private life private for the most part. But today, I'm going to give you a little bit of an insight just into who I am, what I'm about, probably my thought process on a lot of things, and maybe give you a chance to get to know me a little bit better. So those of you that follow me on social media will probably know that I'm in the gym quite a lot, I'm outdoors quite a lot, I'm pretty big into mindset, positivity, gratitude, all that type of stuff and that's a huge part of who I am. That's not show for Instagram to try and gain followers or anything like that. That's genuinely a big, big part of me because I believe if you've got the right mindset and you've got the right attitude, you can achieve anything you want to achieve and it just gives you a happier life. You know, if you're positive and you're going out and seeing the good in things, it does make life that little bit easier. So that is genuinely a big part of me. Um, yeah, you, I'm quite active if you've seen that but I've always been like that right I would say from when I was a child I've always been very outdoorsy very very into kind of different sports and just being active in general and I consider myself very lucky in that I had parents who always encouraged that like we would have had great parents in that they they would have just pushed not pushed us but they would have encouraged us to try out different sports and really been supportive in anything we wanted to do a good example of that probably actually is when my brother decided he wanted to start boxing and funnily enough my dad was all for it but I think my mother was probably a bit terrified he might get hurt or break his nose or whatever it was but she never once said don't do it do you know it would have always been yeah go and try it and see how you get on and you know if you enjoy it great and well happy days and if you don't you don't have to do it but that was always kind of the the environment we were brought up in. We were encouraged to try out different things and we were always outdoors and if we weren't kicking a ball, we were climbing trees or we were just out having fun or whatever it was, but we were always active. Um, I'm from a very rural community, very kind of small, tight-knit group. In school, in national school, my class would have had seven people in it and we were considered the big group, funnily enough, at seven people. Most classes there, I think, had three or four people. So that'll give you an indicator of kind of how small that community was. We would have all known each other. We would have been very close and I think I got on with most people. Um, now is probably not the time to put it into a podcast if I didn't but no I think we all get on pretty well um, even to this day like I'd have mates who I would have grown up with probably would have been good friends with since we were four years of age in primary school so that'll kind of show you that's the, the sort of tight-knit community we were Um Football was a big, big part of my life. I absolutely adored football. I still do to this day. But even back then, I always had a ball at my feet. It was my thing. Football was my first love, to be honest. And it's it's I've slowed down a little bit now. I still enjoy it, but I can't quite do what I used to do. Um, old age has kicked in. There's little niggles and injuries, and I'm not quite as fast as I was. But I still try. I still enjoy it. Get out for a kick about whenever I can. But it was a big part of me. It was something that I really, really loved. I really enjoyed it. And even I'm probably the same as a lot of lads saying this. 
but throughout school the best part of my day was actually the break time when we got to get out and play football I loved that and then I'd come home in the evening and it'd be more of the same I'd be kicking a ball against the wall of the house or I'd be playing with my brother in the garden and we'd be out till you couldn't see the ball till it was dark and you know if you were if you were ever looking for me you'd normally find I'd be somewhere kicking a ball about so that was me I was always pretty pretty active from a young age as I say um in school I was a pretty average student I don't think I was anything outstanding by any means I I was the sort of guy that I don't think I ever really gave any trouble I never remember being in trouble funnily enough maybe I was a bit of a goody two-shoes I don't know um but you know what I think even and throughout probably secondary school and college as well I was the sort of guy that would have gone through without being probably really remembered for anything I think if you came back now and asked one of my secondary school teachers you know if you went back to them 10 years after I left and asked about this guy a lot of them probably would have a, a tough time remembering who I was because I didn't stand out. You know, I didn't, I wasn't a, a really brainy, intelligent student. I wasn't a troublemaker. I was one of those guys that just put the head down and got through the day and got on with it. And that was always my approach. And it's probably something that I still do to this day to a large extent because I am quite shy. And even, I suppose, telling you about myself is not the easiest thing in the world for me to do. But, you know, that was kind of school-wise. Yeah, I was okay, but I wasn't outstanding. I went off to secondary school then. I suppose things changed a little bit again and that we went from that very small, national school to where you're you were the big fish in the small pond to going into being a small fish in a big pond and it was just a bit of a change but it wasn't a massive change because all my mates were still there with me and I suppose even the other new people that you get to know are from kind of similar backgrounds and they're all brought together then into this bigger school environment but it would have been the same again in that same approach I was quite laid back in those days you know I, I did what I had to do to get by but I wasn't I wasn't overly stressing myself in terms of putting too much effort into it either um but yeah we got to, we got through the school days I played a lot of sports still played a lot of football still did what I had to do and yeah got through school did believe in certain all and away I went I made a decision pretty pretty early on I think that I was going to do this particular course in college, which was the Rec and Leisure course in IT Sligo. It's been rebranded since. It is sport with business now. But the points for it weren't huge. And I think without sounding big-headed, I knew that I was comfortably going to get those points if I wanted it. Because, yeah, I didn't... I wasn't an outstanding student, but I was intelligent enough. I knew I could do enough to get by, you know. Um, And I look back now and I kind of think I could have done more probably if I wanted. And this, again, is where I kind of look at the fact that I think I've had great parents because I was never pushed to do anything like they probably could have said well you know if you work harder you could do this or you could do that you have the potential in you to do that but I had decided that I wanted to do this sports course and I always had their full backing on it which is fantastic you know and I'm lucky to have that and looking back now it wasn't probably the best decision I I decided I was going to do a sports course because I love sports and without giving it any more thought than that I didn't even look at what are the job possibilities from it where am I going to end up what am I going to do and I kind of when you look at it now when we went to college I think there was over 70 of us in the class and to the best of my knowledge out of that group there's only three or four of us working in the fitness industry at the moment everyone's gone off in different directions so that'll give you an indication it's not an industry that there was a huge amount of job Jobs indefinitely at the time. There wasn't a huge amount of jobs. It wasn't well paid. Um, I I wasn't even aware of any of this. I was going, I'm going to go and do a sports course. Happy days. But I wasn't aware of any of this. But I know it now. And looking back now, yeah, hindsight's a great thing. I probably would have done things differently. But, you know, it's I've got lucky. I've got lucky because I'm doing something I absolutely love. And I think it'll work out if you've got that passion for it. I think, you know, you'll always get there in the end if you're passionate about it and you're good at it and you put the time and the work into it and that's probably why I'm working in the industry and I'm doing okay in it so I went off to college and that was a bit of a a bit of a shocker for me as well I suppose because 
it was such a change of scene. You grow up in this environment where it's a small, tight-knit group of friends and you've all got each other's back. And then you go into this college environment which is thousands of students and you've lost all your mates because they're gone off to different colleges or they're gone into the working world or they're gone into self-employment or whatever route they've chose to go. And you're in this environment where you're going in on day one absolutely petrified because you think, oh, well, look at all these huge groups of people. Where am I going to fit in? I don't even know anybody. You soon kind of learn that everybody's in the same boat, but it is intimidating. And me being naturally shy, it was probably difficult for me to make friends because I, would have, I wouldn't be the sort of person that will openly go up and start chatting to people for no reason. Um, I've got better at it over time. Yeah, just, I suppose when you're in class and stuff like that, you, you have to talk to people. But um, back then, it was, it was probably a bit of a challenge for me. I got probably a close, you know, I got a handful of little friends uh, that yeah, still, I suppose I got on okay with, you know, and that was enough for me. Um, yeah, college, college was fine, but it was a tricky one in that I wouldn't be the most outgoing person and the social scene didn't really suit me. Like I enjoyed what I was studying and it was fine because I was learning and that was the side of it I did enjoy. But in terms of the typical college lifestyle, going out every night and boozing and all the rest, that was never for me. And it still isn't to this day. It was an environment I would have been very uncomfortable in. Even now, at times, I can find myself quite uncomfortable in, in pubs or nightclubs where it's... I don't mind where it's kind of smaller groups and it's a bit of banter and a bit of fun. But when it gets kind of messy, drunk and stuff like that, I get quite uncomfortable with it. I don't enjoy it. So I was always the same, even as a student. One thing, I suppose, that was ingrained in me very early was... Uh, a good work ethic and I consider myself very lucky again to have the parents I have because they would have ingrained that in us from a very very young age we were always helping out we were always having to do our bit and I suppose when you're a child at the time you probably don't appreciate it as much but really now I think I had the best upbringing I really do because I think when you have that you have such a strong grounding in life I think that's probably what's drove me on to do the things I've done because I've had that work ethic and it's second nature to me Um. Even when I was a child, I would have been helping out in my dad's business. Like these days, it'd probably be slave labor, child labor. But I consider myself so lucky to have had that opportunity, you know. And I got my first job, then my first proper job when I was sixteen. I was in still in school at the time, but I got a job working weekends in. It was like a bar and restaurant. I was in the kitchen, just cleaning dishes, washing up, all that sort of stuff. You know, it probably sounds like a horrible job, but it really was a stage in my life that I really, really loved. I was so happy in that job. And, you know, I kind of, I look back at it now and I say, you look at it financially, I was making nothing. I was on probably less than minimum wage. I was having to get a lift there or I was getting the bus there. I was getting a bus back. And by the end of the week, there was nothing left for me. I said the end of the week, it was the weekends I was working. So I was only doing a few hours anyway. So it really wasn't about the money. But look, at the time, anything is when you're that age, you're you're glad to have a few quid coming in. You're, you're you know, just taking over, I suppose. But the thing I really think it did do for me was it made me independent. It gave me that little bit of independence where I was going out into the working world and I was kind of seeing I had a little bit of freedom and I was being trusted to go and do that. And it's a funny one now because when I kind of think about it now, I was by far the youngest person in that work environment. I was 16. I would say the next youngest person would have been maybe 19 or 20, but most of them were at least probably 10 years older than me, I would think, if not, well, maybe not 10, but probably a lot weren't far off it. Um, so it was a very, very different environment again, because I'm coming from this situation where I'm in school and I've got all my mates around me and we're all immature and stupid young fellas into this environment where I'm the only 16 year old and everyone else is a lot more sensible than me 
Now, when I say that, there's one or two in my head that are springing to mind that I could name in the podcast that didn't should have had more sense for their age. But there's always that. For the most part, you know, I was I was very much the young one there and everybody was much, much older than me. But what I did discover was they all had my back and they all treated me with respect and they treated me as an equal. And I think that's probably because I earned their respect. I went in and I was probably one of the hardest working people in the place. Even at 16, I would have always just put everything into it. And I wasn't the sort to be dossing about or taking it easy or turning a 10-minute break into a 30-minute break. That was never me, you know. So I think people appreciated that and they could see that I was doing as much work as, as they were as probably fully grown adults. And they treated me the same because of that, you know. And it was just a time in my life I look back on with a lot of fondness. Because even though I was making fuck all money, let's be honest, I wasn't making money. And I was putting in the work and I was working hard and it was hard work. But I enjoyed it and the days went so fast. And that's a time in my life that I think I grew up. You know, I turned from probably being a boy into a man over that probably year and a half two years that I was in that job it really did it it, it developed me as a person I started to grow and I started to kind of see the bigger world and realizing that there's a lot more out there than probably this little environment that the little goldfish bowl that I have been in previously um so yeah that was that was a job I loved and unfortunately that came to an end just I think they just kind of business was slow eventually and I think the place eventually closed down but they didn't they didn't have hours for me in the end anyway which was was fine I had to go off and find something else so I did that I got my next part-time job it wasn't wasn't so good I'm afraid to say um yeah look I was going from that job that I absolutely loved into a job which was in a multinational supermarket just stocking shelves, the usual stuff young fellas do. Um, I can't say I enjoyed it. I have to be completely honest here. I went into it with an open mind because I was coming from a job, first job where I had a great experience and loved it. And I went into this job with a very open mind thinking hopefully something similar. It wasn't like that at all. And, you know, I kind of, as a business person now, I look back and I think it was just such a horrible environment. And I, I think really, if I'm being honest, it was led through fear. You know, that was the, the management style that was in it as far as I'm concerned. It was it was leading through fear. And even if you were seen standing up chatting to a colleague, it was frowned upon, which is, I think is a terrible, terrible thing. Because if you're if you're not getting on with your colleagues and you're not encouraged to have a working relationship with people and it's not a nice environment that you can chill out and relax from time to time, you're not going to get the best out of people. They're going to start resenting you. And I think that was what happened with me. And it's probably what happened with a lot of people in that business. But I just look, I could question it. It's not really for me to say, but what I would say is I spent six months there and it was probably five and a half months more than I should have spent. If I was the person I am today, I would have been gone after two weeks. I wouldn't have stuck it because again, my principles are probably quite strong now and I don't I don't like a lot of kind of the the way the business was run as much as anything I suppose look it's it's maybe just one of those things when you're a young fella in a multinational company that's the way it's going to be but it wasn't for me um yeah not not particularly fond part of my life I have to say not one of the best parts of my life but stuck it out for six months brought in a few quid for myself kept myself taken over and yeah that was that then I left I spent a summer doing it it was because I was working part-times in the evenings before summer, and then I spent a few summer months, and then I had a few more part-time evenings. But eventually, it kind of got too much for me, and and I, and I jacked it in, and I'm kind of glad I did. Um, around this time, then I went off to college. I'd started in college, and as I kind of touched on earlier, I was struggling with it a little bit. Not struggling, but it was just such a huge change, you know. And then at the time, I got a another job working in a part-time gym. Work, sorry, working part-time in a gym. So I kind of thought all my Christmases had come at once when I landed this job because. 
as I said, I was so active and I was in that environment where every day I was studying kind of health and wellness and fitness and all the rest. And then you get this job in the evening and I just felt it was absolutely ideal for me. It was perfect. So my typical day would have been working nine to five or sorry, college nine to five, half five. And then I'd go off and I'd work in the gym in the evening. And the gym work would have probably had me there till maybe half ten at night. It would have been would have been 11 o'clock anyway by the time I was home in the evening. So it was a long day, but I I did enjoy it. And it's I suppose it's that work ethic thing again between college and work as I would have been in the gym then at weekends as well I was probably most weeks I would have been on the go six or seven days a week I very rarely had a day off but I didn't mind that you know at the time you're full of energy and you're young and you enjoy it it was fine um but the gym was where I kind of really really found myself I think and I really really loved that gym environment and I was kind of I look back and I think I actually a lot of what I know now and what I've took on board and what I bring to clients is actually self-taught. I've learned an awful lot myself because I think the best way you can learn is actually by doing. You can study stuff as much as you want, but until you actually start putting it into practice, it doesn't make sense. It's like if I say to you, you know, go and, and, and learn how to do a push-up and you can see 50 different variations of a push-up on the internet and you can know all the theory behind how to do a push-up, but until you get on the floor and do your push-up, nothing is going to change. So for me, I, yeah, I enjoyed what I was learning in college, but it was just getting on the gym floor and putting it into practice that was the big game changer and that was the thing that I actually really started to enjoy and it was really a confidence thing as much as anything because I would have been very shy as I mentioned and I kind of found when I got into the gym and I was starting to see myself changing and look we can't get away from it as a teenage boy when you see yourself gaining a bit of muscle and getting in better shape it does your confidence a bit of good you know so I, I did it did help build me up it really did and it helped me in a social scene as well because I kind of found that people were coming up to me in the gym and they'd be asking questions and people would start telling you, you know, you're looking good and what are you doing and start looking for advice off you. And then I found the confidence was building. I was able to take that more into a social scene and I was able to have more amazing conversations with people. So the gym was a huge, huge help in, in bringing me out of my shell as much as anything. Um, I did my four years there in college. I got not only my fitness and qualifications and all that, I also have an honours business degree, which a lot of people don't actually know. I'm going to put it into use though. I'm in the process of setting up, setting up my second business, which is a business mentoring service. So that degree is going to be used at some stage. Um, I, yeah, look, I've always been one for hard work. When I was in college, I was working part-time. When I left college, Again, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I think at that age, a lot of people are drifting. And I think it's madness, really, when kind of people that finish their leaving search 17, 18, are expected to have their life mapped out and know what they want to do. And I don't believe that most people actually have a clue, to be honest. And I think that's okay. And when I go and speak in schools now or I speak in, in, in college, I always say to them, I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was 27. So if you don't know, that's perfectly normal. And don't feel under pressure or don't feel like you're not keeping up with somebody else because they seem to have it all sussed because nobody has it sussed. That's the long and the short of it. So when I left that, um, when I left that, left college, I graduated, I had a full-time contract put in front of me in the gym. Now, I had been in the gym part-time four years at this stage working you know, working part-time while I was that four years in college. And I think I probably should have took the brave decision and maybe jacked that in at the time and done something differently. But I took the easy option, really. I, I said, okay, I'm going to full, sign the full-time contract because I don't really know what I want to do. I don't know what route I want to go. And it was it was just keeping me in a comfort zone, if I'm honest. So I worked full-time in the gym. Um, another four years passed before I eventually did something about actually leaving. What I would say is when I was in that, working in that gym, I loved the first few years of it. It was great because I had some colleagues that I got on really well with. It was a nice, positive environment. I enjoyed it. You know, it was new to me and I was enjoying mingling with customers and just chatting and whatever. So, yeah, it was it was a nice environment. But it eventually got to the stage where I knew I had to change because 
I wanted to be the best I could be and I wanted to fulfill my potential and I wanted to do more. And the big thing for me is always and still is to this day having an impact and helping people and making a difference in their lives. And I didn't think I could do that in that gym because I think I was viewed probably because I was there so young that I went in and I would had started off, you know, scrubbing floors and doing doing the, the, the donkey work as much as anything. And I think I was nearly always viewed as that, you know, and I wasn't viewed as somebody that was capable of taking on bigger roles or being promoted or, you know, taking on the bigger jobs, which is what I wanted to do. I wanted to see that there was progression there for me. And I wasn't seeing that by the end, if I'm honest. So... I, as I said, I wanted to help people. I wanted to be out there working with people, doing programs, getting into their heads, helping them with mindset stuff and, you know, just getting getting the most out of them, helping them to get results for what they were doing because I see people all the time that are paying gym memberships and they're turning up and they don't know what they're doing and they're they're basically wasting money because they're getting nothing back from it. If, if weight loss, for example, is their goal or gaining muscle is their goal, if they don't know what they're doing, they're not going to get there. So I wasn't really in a position where I was being encouraged to help with that because it was more about... I felt kind of keeping the changing rooms clean and, you know, doing the admin side of things, that was nearly more important than actually being on the ground floor helping people. So it was done to a certain extent, but not not probably as much as I wanted to do, to be honest. Um, eventually, I took the decision to leave. It was the hardest decision I've ever made in my life because we were in the middle of the worst recession this country has ever seen. It was 2013 and people would say to me, you know, it's a handy job, it's a cushy number, stay where you are, it's full time. And the other thing to tell you, I had a mortgage to pay at this time. So I it, it was a huge, huge risk. It was a huge risk. Would I do things differently looking back? Yes, I would. Absolutely. But, you know, hindsight is a great thing. I'm not saying I wouldn't have left, but I would have put myself in a better position because for the 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 interest, I suppose, a full disclosure for this podcast, I had about 1,500 quid in the bank when I left that job and I had mortgages to pay and everything. So I had nothing behind me. I had no resources. I had no contacts. I literally had nothing. So that's why I say I would have done things differently. I wouldn't have done it differently in terms of making the decision. I would still have left because it was the right thing to do and it has turned out to be the best decision I ever made. But I would do things differently in terms of I would have myself in a better position probably financially and have myself prepared a bit more. Um... So when I went out into the world, it it certainly was probably a, a bit of an eye-opener. I got a bit of a shock because I went out again so positive and so sure I was going to make this huge change in the world and I was going to have this huge business and everything was going to be great and it was going to be easy because that was what it was going to be because I was so enthusiastic about it, there was nothing I wasn't going to do, so it was going to be easy. And I got a shock. I really got a shock because I started out working, running fitness classes. I had fitness classes kind of in different towns and, you know, I was thinking these are going to be huge. It's going to be great. And I had such a huge vision for it. When I went out, the class numbers were so small. It was so demoralizing. It was soul destroying. And there's one evening that always sticks out. And I've spoken about this in seminars loads of times. Anybody that's been in a seminar with me has heard this story. But I was doing a class in Dromore West at the time, which is about 40 minutes from Sligo, I think, where I was living. And that road down is, it's not the nicest road, the best of times. But this was a winter's night and it was the worst night you could ever imagine. It was bucketing down rain. It was windy. It was cold. It was just horrible. But I went off, went down to Dromore West to do my class. And when I got there, there was nobody there. And I looked up and down the streets and there was no sign of life. And I think anybody that had any sense at the time was probably sitting in beside the fire and they weren't moving that night. And fair play to them, they were probably dead right. But I left it about five minutes and three people turned up. And I just, you know, you're a professional. I smiled, I did the class. They never had a personal training session and they fully deserved it for turning up on that night, to be fair to them. But I did the class, got on with it. But driving in the home in the car that night, I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated because, you know, I was just thinking, what have I done? 
all those people that told me not to leave that job, you know, they were right and I was wrong. That was my thought process. I was I was really, really at a low point that night. And, you know, when I say that all the people that told me not to leave the job, that was 99% of people. And even, you know, my parents, they're, they're so supportive and they'd never say it to me. They didn't say don't leave, but I kind of knew they didn't want me to leave. And I think with parents, like this is, I always kind of, no matter who I'm speaking to, I say, parents will always direct you towards a safe option. And it's not that you're hold, they're holding you back or anything like that, but it's just because they want the best for you and they want you to be safe. And, you know, if I, the safe option was to stay in my job. And even that night, as I said, they were kind of on my mind and everyone that had told me not to do it. And like as I said, the parents never said to me not to leave, but I kind of knew they didn't want me to. But I got home eventually that night and I'd always kind of sit around after a class and I'd be unwinding and chilling out for a while. That night I was just devastated. I went upstairs, fell into bed, collapsed into the bed and just I was beaten. I was completely defeated that night. It was as low as I've been. I was it was all over that night. I was just I'd given up. I was kind of going, I've tried it. It doesn't work. What am I going to do? I have no job now, blah, blah, blah. But I woke up the next morning and I think the fighter in me came out and I just said, look, I'm going to make this work. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to make it work. I don't care if I have to work 20 hours a day. I'm going to make it happen. And I sat down. And I just thought, OK, what are the things I'm going to have to do? You know, and I decided some of these smaller venues can go. Let's focus on one or two until I can just get the numbers up and build a name for myself. And I did that and I put everything into it and I reached out to people and I contacted Operation Transformation Groups. I contacted GEA clubs, anybody that I thought could help me anybody that could make a difference and just the more people you know the more opportunities they're going to open up for you you've got to just put yourself out there and keep putting yourself out there and eventually it started to take off but when you go out into the world with the right attitude opportunities start happening for you i had a class in colony which i've still got to this day and there's a guy in the class in colony no he's not in the class in colony he runs the the center in colony he's 70 years of age, 78 years of age and he's just somebody I have total and utter respect for. And he's somebody I actually consider a great friend, which sounds funny to a lot of people when they say that, when I say that, because there's such an age gap. But he's just so, again, mentality-wise, very similar to myself. Great mindset, just get up and do things. Anything's possible, positivity. And he appreciates when you're putting work in. And at the time, that guy said to me, I'm not taking any rent off you until you start making money. And that was the break I needed because for the first two months there was nobody in classes and he wouldn't take anything off me. And he said to me since the reason I did that was because I could see that you were trying to help people. I could see that you were respectful. I could see that you were doing things the right way and you deserved a chance. And what happened then was word started getting out. Oh, this guy's actually quite good. And the ones that were there regularly started telling other people and word of mouth started going and people started turning up bit by bit. Class started building up, building up, building up. And again, you get back what you put out. I was putting out good vibes he gave me a break. Even I kind of see now, five and a half years later, I'm still running classes. And because I'm still doing classes, he's been paid rent every week. And he's got it every week since. Whereas if he had decided, oh, well, this guy's not paying me rent. He's not bringing in money. You know, if he had tried to hold me to the rent and I, was, I didn't have it to give him, I would have been gone within two months. My business would have been gone. And five and a half years later, he wouldn't be getting rent off me every week. So it works out for both parties. So always go out into the world with a positive attitude and see where you can help people. You know, don't always think, what can I get? How can I help people? Because if you go and do that, you'll get loads back. I promise you that you'll get loads back. Always look for how you can help. All right. If there's somebody down, help them up, help them up. It'll come back to you in spades. So I started off, as I said, doing classes. It built up into 
you know, huge numbers. We've had, oh, there's been times it's just been ridiculous numbers in classes and it's just, it's been a dream at times, you know, and it's just through pure hard work and just keeping going and bouncing back, keep, keep going all the time, all the time. Um, I've gone on, I've gone on from there, I suppose, to do some things that have been massive for me. Like it's, I'm doing a lot of public speaking now. I'm doing a lot of corporate speaking and that was such, that was my Everest because I was, I was very introverted. So for me to get up on stage and speak and speak in front of people was the biggest challenge I could put in front of anybody. You know, that was, that was huge for me. And the first time I did it, I was so nervous, but I made myself do it because I knew if I want to get to where I want to be, I'm going to have to do this stuff. And if I want to help people and impact people's lives, I'm going to have to get in front of bigger groups because the more people I can get in front of, the more people I can help. So I just forced myself to do it. I made myself do it as much as I didn't want to do it. And I think sometimes you've got to do that. The more I've done it, the easier it's got. It's like anything. The more you practice, the better you get at something. Throughout, you know, the last few years, I've seen certain things that work and certain things that don't work. And I've learned from each gig. And like I can say straight up, the first few seminars and workshops I did were terrible. They were terrible. And I, I got, my attitude to that now is so what? Because I've learned from it. And if you take something from it, then it's not a failure. It's only a failure if you don't learn. Each workshop I've done, I've learned something and I've come away going, how am I going to get a little bit better the next time? What am I going to implement? And I never, ever say that was a terrible gig. I go, what can I take from it? That's always my approach. So I've, I've got to a stage now where I quite enjoy doing them. And last week I was speaking in a huge auditorium and in the following few days, three different people asked me, do you not get nervous speaking in, in, in venues like that in front of huge crowds? And the truth is, the first, the hour before the gig is the worst of all. There's always going to be nerves there. But when I'm on stage now, I enjoy it because I'm, I'm helping people and I'm speaking about something I'm passionate about and that I enjoy. And that really transfers to the crowd. And you can see that people are taking something from it. And when people are taking something from it, what's not to enjoy? Because you're helping people. Why would you be scared about that? Because you're doing what you love and you're bringing value to them. And that's why I tend to say the bigger the crowd is now, the better for me. I, I get more of a buzz from that. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. But the more you do it, the more you're going to get better at it and the easier it's going to get. And you've got to keep pushing out of that comfort zone. And when you do that, things happen for you. Because even going back to when I spoke about, you know, knowing I had to leave that job in the gym, there was something a lecturer said before that really stood with me. And I, I reminded her of this two weeks ago and she actually hadn't remembered it herself. But I was looking off, I met her and it's pretty cool when you meet one of your lecturers that in one of your seminars 10 years on, you can say this thing, these things to them. She was talking to me after and I said to her, you said something in your lecture that stood with me. And she goes, oh God, I hope it was good. I said, it was good. It was good. What it was, was we were coming towards the end of college at the time. And she said something along the lines of, if you're in a job where you're in a comfort zone and you're not being challenged and you don't see any progression in it, you don't need me to tell you that you need to get out of there. And I think for 90% of the students that were in the room that day, it went over their heads. But I was sitting there going, fuck, that's me. That's me to a T. And I knew it was me, but I didn't do anything about it at the time. But it stayed with me over the years. And eventually I did do something about it. So keep that in mind, guys. If you want to achieve anything in life, it's going to be uncomfortable. You've got to push out of your comfort zone because that's where the magic happens. It's, you know, it's easy to stay in that comfort zone. But are you going to be looking back at 90 going, God, I've done some amazing things. Are you going to be going, God, I've had an easy enough life but I don't really feel fulfilled or I don't feel like I've achieved the things I wanted to do because the things that are worth that are worthwhile are always going to involve a little level of discomfort 
It's like getting in shape. If you want to get in shape, it's not going to be easy. You've got to be willing to get uncomfortable. Is what I've always I always say to people. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be heart rate up. You're gonna be getting sweaty. It's gonna be horrible. You got to be uncomfortable. But when you make peace with that, you start seeing results. And it's the same with public speaking. It's the same with anything. So yeah, I'm doing public speaking now. Last year, I brought out my first book, Unlocking My Mind. Yeah, buy it online by the way, <laughs> or in all good bookstores. Little um, little plug. No, Unlocking My Mind has done really well for me, and it's something again that I wanted to do for a long time. I do a lot of kind of social media written posts I was enjoying and I was feeling like people were getting something out of it and then I wanted to put into a book which was a huge challenge but again like I've mentioned to you earlier when I was in school I was a typical you know average student writing essays I would have been a typical C grade I wasn't anything outstanding and now I've got books on shelves all over the country so anything is possible there's always a way and it's not always the obvious route sometimes you've got to go the long way but if you're determined enough and you're willing to back it up you'll get there if you're willing to put the work and you'll get there eventually so in addition to the book I have been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to work with national media I've wrote for the Irish Independent quite a bit I have been featured I suppose in the likes of the Daily Mirror the Irish Examiner I've done BBC Radio I've done News Talk I had a wee TV show on Sky I've done I've done loads and you know what when I speak about this in, in schools and go back to college speaking to students and I'm there to inspire them I, find, I get a little bit uncomfortable speaking about this because I don't want people to think it's me saying, well, look at me, I'm a tie great. Look at what I've done. Because it's not that at all. It's really not. What it is is me saying, I've come from this background where I was in a really, really small rural community where, you know, typically there's an attitude of, well, we don't do anything around here. That's for somebody in the big cities to do. And, you know, I was a very shy kid. I was very introverted. I was an average student. And I've created these opportunities for myself and I've gone and I've done these things. And if I can do it, you can do it. That's the message I'm portraying. It's not I'm great. It's if I can do it, you can do it. Because I haven't had any huge advantages. I've had great parents. I've had a good ground and I've had a great work ethic. My mindset's good. I've done a lot of work on that. But I have nothing extraordinary. I'm not more talented than you. I'm just willing to put the work in. So if you're willing to put the work in, you can do anything you want to do. If I can do it, you can do it. That's the message I'm portraying. Um, yeah so look I've done loads and loads of stuff over the last few years I'm big on creating community I think when we all support each other and we're all creating that positive positive environment and we're helping each other out anything can happen one of my best memories I suppose since I set up my own business was when we did Helen back I brought a team of 30 people to Helen back and it was just such a great great day and it's one I think that's going to stand out with me for a long long time because it was it wasn't hugely challenging for myself and probably for the people that are really fit, you know, it was no issue. But what it was, was just great fun. It was such good fun and it just created bonds among people like you wouldn't believe. And there was people in that group that weren't of huge fitness levels and training wasn't natural for them. And they were the people that made it so worthwhile for me because I seen people crossing the line that day in our group. You know, they were crying crossing the line and it was... For them, it was nearly one of the biggest achievements of their lives. It was huge. It was absolutely amazing. So to be there and to inspire those people to come along and to do it with us and to see the teamwork and camaraderie that was involved in getting them over walls and through rivers and muck and whatnot, to get them over the line and see how much it meant to them, that is incredibly rewarding. And that's what it's all about. That's what community is about, supporting each other you know helping each other along where we can and the more you give to community the more you're going to get back it works for everybody no man is an island as they say it's very difficult to do anything on your own but when you've got good people around you anything is possible so 
that's pretty much where we're at guys that's the podcast done i think um when i started recording today i just hit play i literally had no idea where this podcast was going to go i was just going to speak tell you a little bit about myself from the heart be genuine and see how it goes down and somehow i have been talking now for 33 minutes so i think that might be enough for today um look i hope you've enjoyed the podcast guys as i said it's probably not perfect it's going to take me a while to master it because it's totally new to me like anything but i'm going to stick with it i'm going to try and do one a week and what i would greatly appreciate is if you would subscribe to the podcast if you would give it an old share even if you're on instagram maybe screenshot it and put it in your story something like that just help me get it out there it would be great and yeah we're going to make it a weekly thing and hopefully we'll all get something from it so thanks for listening guys i hope it's been enjoyable